This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Episode 20 of the Shock Jacques Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you for another episode of the show heading into your weekend. Big, big show. 20th show. We're not a teenager anymore around here. Uh, the 20th show of the Shock Jock Knicks podcast it was the Posting and Toasting podcast for a while. Uh, I, though, at I, though, gave us our new name, and it is the Shock Jock Knicks podcast 20th episode. Thanks to the tens of thousands of you. It's been that many. I'm, I'm so thankful that that many of you have been listening to the show week in and week out and listen to the entire Posting and Toasting podcast network throughout that entire time. You guys are the best. Um, and really excited for the next 20 and beyond that as well. So really appreciate you guys listening week in and week out, interacting on social media at the Posting and Toasting podcast account on Twitter, postingandtoasting.com's Twitter, uh, also the comments section on postingandtoasting.com and at SJ7, my Twitter handle on social media as well. Really appreciate you guys buying in to the show and listening week in and week out. Wish we had better news for you. I guess that's kind of why I wanted to start off with a big thank you to you guys because this is going to be a rough show. I, 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 the prep this week has taken three different turns. It was all going to be, initially I was going to do a, a reaction, live reaction to the Knicks-Mavs game because of other jobs and other duties I have uh, while I'm recording and then going into the day the show is released. I will not be able to do that but uh, we will have reaction to the, to the Knicks-Mavs game at the Garden. KP's return next week, uh, along with a lot of other stuff that could possibly be happening. Might be on the back burner by the end of the weekend because of the main story that we're going to get into, which is the latest on David Fisdale. Now, I defended David Fisdale last week. I will continue that on the show today, but there's more information that's going to change my tune a little bit, little bit slightly off of what I had Last week, because facts are the facts, and facts change things. So, and I'll explain that in a second. Uh, we will get to KP, uh, the, the reaction that he will likely get at the Garden. Uh, I, I, as the podcast will go out, the game will be over. So, you guys will know the reaction. I think it's going to be booze. It'll likely be booze. There's a lot going around that, that you know there might be cheers if he plays well. And the Knicks aren't playing well kind of as a rebellion to the front office, to James Dolan, and to the team for the bad times, and basically kind of being, you know, sympathetic to, to KP leaving, and basically, you know, in a way saying, well, no wonder you left, our team and organization stinks. And I kind of hope that that doesn't happen, because I'd like to see the Knicks win, it doesn't matter the circumstances, I'd like to see the Knicks win, but the bottom line is this, going into the Knicks-Mavs game, the Knicks are 2-9, and nine. Um, and the, 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 the crazy part about this week is it started out so well. The Knicks go to Dallas. They stunned the Mavs. KP played well. It didn't matter. And the Knicks got some revenge against KP and the Mavericks in Dallas, a game that I did not think they would be able to win. 
and they're able to go there and get the job done. It was a remarkable performance, but what's come after, it's like we can't have anything nice in Knicks basketball land right now. It's unbelievable. Right after that result, it, it starts to, it, it literally, we, we go to the brink, essentially, of the season. So essentially, the Knicks win 106-102. to 102. You know, a lot of players played well. You know, Frank Nilakina, his best game as a Nick uh, was that game against the Mavericks. And my tune is, as you know, we're starting to see better performances from Frank, and that's great. Uh, I, again, I'm still leaning towards uh, getting rid of him, to be honest with you. I am. That That's kind of where I'm at with him. But I, I love the way he's played the last couple of games. He's played really well. He's trying to shut up the haters like me, and I'm all for that. I'm all for that. I don't mind that one bit because it's helping the Knicks win games, and that's fine. However, the Knicks did exactly what I thought they might do if they did beat the Mavs, and that's lay an egg against the Cavs, and that's exactly what they did. Just like they did against the Kings, they laid an absolute egg against the Cavaliers, a bad team. There's no other way around it. They're a bad team. And we're already starting to see early on, the Knicks are also a bad team. And it's just one of those things that 11 games in, there's no other there's no other way you can go right now. They have to prove us now that that this is a team that can be competitive. And right now it's not. There's no question about that. Now, here's the other part. The Knicks had a chance to make up for it. They had an easier game at Chicago. It's on the road, but the Bulls are not very good either. I'd argue they're worse than the Cavs. They go there and they get walloped again, 120 to 102 after a 108-87 walloping at the Garden to the Cavs. And the Knicks sit at 2-9 and nine going into this game against the Mavericks. You guys will know the result when the show comes out. And now we've got this firestorm that basically stemmed from the last couple of losses, really from the loss to the Cavs into the, into the Bulls' loss. And now here we are. Which is basically that the firing of David Fisdale could happen this week. It could happen by the time this show goes out. It it could happen. By the time you guys listen to this podcast on Friday, David Fisdale might not be the coach of the New York Knicks anymore. And that tells me two things. That tells me, number one, uh, Perry and Mills are not willing to live up to their end of the bargain. And by that... I mean, they're not going to give David Fisdale enough time to figure this out. This is the team that they put together. This is the team that they had to settle for, to be fair, because KD and Kyrie did not come here to the Knicks. They came, to, they went to Brooklyn instead. That's on Perry and Mills as well. They did not get the job done closing that deal. And they're going to basically let David Fisdale be the fall guy. The Knicks are not playing well enough for Perry and Mills' liking. So now they're thinking of making a coaching change. And to me, that is utter nonsense. Utter nonsense. I, I thought we I, I thought this was the plan. I thought this was the plan that they set up. That they set up. Yes, of course, we, we want to see an improvement in wins. That was always the goal. But there was also always a chance at some point this season the Knicks would go through a tough stretch like this. This could have happened a month from now, two months from now. The Knicks would lose nine of eleven games. This team always was capable of doing that. There's no stars, superstars on this team. There's no stars on this team, you could argue. Not right now. There there are some up-and-comers. There's R.J. Barrett. There's Kevin Knox. There's Mitchell Robinson. But there's no stars, bona fide stars right now on this team. We knew that. And now here we are. What what is David Fisdale? 
I, I understand the, the fa- where the fans have come from on this. The last couple of weeks, you guys have been all up on it saying that David Fisdale is not a good enough coach. Now, my, my rebuttal was twofold. It was, you got to give him some time. This is a new team. This is a young team. And there's been good signs with this new and young team. Now, it hasn't translated into wins. That's big. I get that. But we're also only 11 games into the season, 12 games into the season by the time you listen to the show. Now, from what I'm reading, from what I'm looking into, according to multiple people, multiple reliable sources around the league, David Fisdale essentially has to go on a winning streak or the Knicks will fire him. And it could be as early as this weekend. Literally, as you're listening to the podcast, David Fisdale may not be the coach anymore of the New York Knicks. And to me, that's ridiculous. The fact that the Knicks brass is letting David Fisdale take the fall because they're not playing well enough through 11 or 12 games. I, I, why'd you bring him in then? What, what was the point? He was supposed to be the guy through thick and thin. While this developed, while this happened, while these guys got better, while these early games were played, that was supposed to help develop these guys. And I get it. You've tacked on a second part of it, which is winning games. But you're telling me 11 or 12 games is enough of a sample size to tell you that David Fisdale's not the right coach? I'm not buying that for a second. Not buying it for a second. Give me a break. This is like Mike Brown being fired from the Lakers all over again. What was the point of even bringing him in and giving him a four-year contract? If you were just going to fire him because the first 12 games didn't go so well. Uh, Come on. That shouldn't be how this works. Now, we were all hoping as Nick fans that this could be similar to the Brett Brown situation with the 76ers. They rode him out. They rode it out with him. And now they're going to the playoffs year in and year out. And Brett Brown's got a team that could go to the finals this year out of the Eastern Conference. That was the best case scenario of this project with David Fisdale. And and what happened to Perry and Mills and Fisdale being in this together? What happened to that? That's all we heard during this offseason and last year. That we finally got the guy and we're working as a team. What what happened to that? 12 games and oh, nope. Not anymore. You're gone. See ya. That is not how it works. What's the next coach going to think? What is the next Knicks head coach going to think? I better win 12 in a row. I'm going to get fired. What, what kind of precedent is that to set in an 82-game season? What are we doing? And that, to me, you, you, can, you can debate all you want on whether or not David Fisdale is a good head coach. Some of these guys have developed. That's the plus side. The minus side is David Fisdale has won 19 games as the Knicks head coach. That's not good. In, in you know, a season in 12 games. Not good. If I'm doing my math right, after the Mavs game, that's 94 games and 19 wins. Obviously not good. Terrible. But we, I, again, I thought this is what we signed up for. I thought this is what David Fisdale signed up for. I thought this was part of the plan. What, what happened to that? This is not supposed to be... This is not a team that was going to win 40 games. 
If that was the expectation, then okay, I can see where the frustration is coming from. This is a team that's supposed to improve on 17 wins. We were thinking, you know, 25 to 30 wins. That's what we're hoping for. A step in the right direction. And here we are, 2-9, and nine, going into game 12 as this is recorded, and you want to get rid of the guy. Now, for those that, that the, the context behind this is this, Perry and Mills basically had a press conference, I believe, after the Cavs loss, and basically basically put the, the pressure on Fisdale while he was talking to his players, by the way, before he even got a chance to come in and address the media himself after the loss. Perry and Mills go out and say, well, listen, they got to start winning. Coach Fisdale's got to do a better job. To paraphrase what they said. I, I, what kind of professional does that? That's not professional. I don't care who's the coach. I don't care if James Naismith's the coach, the, the inventor of basketball. You don't do that. To, you don't do that. You don't go out there while your coach, while the guy that you backed, that you hired, is in there talking to his players. You cut the line in front of him in the media and say, well, you know what? He's got to do a better job. Nobody does that. That's unprofessional. That's not how things are done. If that has to be done, that has to be done behind closed doors. Why come out in the media and say that, you know, essentially, essentially fire him before he's been fired? What what kind of organization does that? But if you're a Nick fan, for some reason, and it seems like it's been going on for 10 years now, longer than that, it's been the norm. This is the kind of stuff that's been the norm around the Knicks organization. And it just it just keeps ripping the soul out of the out of Knicks fans. It really does. It's unbelievable the kind of stuff that's going on. That continues to go on. It's not that it's almost not that he's being fired. That's the problem because of the, it's the way that it's being done. Which head coach is going to come in that's any good and accept that kind of behavior from the front office? Think about that before you before the fire Fizdale hashtaggers come raining down on me. Who's going to come in and take that? I thought they were a team working together to fix the problem. Now it's now it's a backstabbing after 12 games. Come on. That's not what the fans deserve. That's not what this team deserves. The team actually had to come out and back David Fisdale. 12 games into the season. Are you kidding me? 12 games in. 11 games in. What are we talking about? Gosh. It's unbelievable. Not how not how business is done in professional sports. It really isn't how it's done, guys. Here's the bigger problem. You, you, you want you want a bigger problem? There's a bigger problem here, and this is for all the fire Fisdale people out there. Obviously, the latest report is essentially that David Fisdale is is going to be gone sooner rather than later. Depend the, the day is still up in the air. But, but according to Adrian Wojnarowski at ESPN, essentially David Fisdale's already been fired. It's just when, or, when is he going to actually be shown the door? 
Here's the big problem. Who are you going to bring in? If you're the Knicks front office, who is going to come in and take that crap from you? Two and nine, and you give up already on the guy. Two and eight, really. I mean, they played a game after, essentially after that as well. Two and nine on the season, and you give up on your head coach. This is this is basketball. This is professional sports. Losing streaks happen. But 11, 10, 11, 12, whatever, you want, whatever number you want, doesn't even matter. It really doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. This small of a sample size, and you give up on your head coach, and do it the way that they did it. Oh my God. I I I searched around, different articles, different you know free agent coaching things, and I looked around. Who could possibly be the next Knicks head coach? And to be honest, I I actually came up with a good list, and I found a few others that are a pretty good list that would be pretty good to add to the list. I'll name them for you. Mark Jackson. Good good option. Former Nick. Great broadcaster. Former Warriors coach. Laid the groundwork. Laid the groundwork for a franchise-changing team in the Golden State Warriors. Jerry Stackhouse is out there. Right now he is coaching the Vanderbilt Commodores in college basketball. It's an interesting one. There's a couple of others that are out there as well. Obviously, Jeff Van Gundy is out there. Stan Van Gundy is out there as well. Jeff Van Gundy likely would would never take the job. Stan might. So you got those as options. Now, there's a couple out there that I don't love, to be honest with you. Kenny Smith is one TNT analyst. Kenny Smith, I think that'd be a terrible hire. Nothing against Kenny Smith. I've actually gotten the chance to interview him uh, a couple of years ago before March Madness kicked off. Great guy from from the brief uh, couple times I got to speak with him and really knows the game, has a great passion for the game. And he's great at his job on TNT, but that doesn't mean he's a good head coach. That doesn't mean he's a good head coach. has no experience that would lead you to believe that he's going to be a good head coach for this team specifically as well. For this team, no way. No way. Forget about it. Now here's the here this one's actually been thrown around been thrown around and there's actually people that are backing this up, which is just I, I mean, in my opinion, worst case scenario, in my opinion. But because he's been connected with Mills before and uh they have a good relationship, they actually played together in college, I believe at Princeton, David Blatt is being linked to the Knicks. And I think that that would be a, a, a an awful hire an awful hire for the Knicks and and it's not just you know he was the punching bag when LeBron was there and they got to the finals and they lost to the Warriors in 2015 whatever it was can he handle the New York pressure he's not from around here hasn't coached around here he's an overseas guy essentially as a coach he's an overseas guy now he won't have LeBron to deal with. There's no there's no guys, there's no personalities like that on the Knicks that we know of. But that's a problem for me. The market's a problem, 
and his experience that it's mostly overseas is a problem for me. Now, here is an actual plus for David Blatt. From all reports, even with his time with the Cavs, very good at developing young players. And, of course, Mills tried to hire Blatt twice and really likes him as a head coach. That's according to Frank Isola of the Daily News. So he is a candidate. There's no getting around that, but that 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 would I'd, I'd be I'd be disappointed to say the least if that's the guy that that Perry and Mills have on their on their radar it really would be disappointing for me because for me out of the guys I've listed and there's a couple more for me Mark Jackson is the guy you look to in this situation now what he do it to be honest is a whole other conversation I don't know I don't know if he'd do it to be honest with you I don't know He's got a great job at ESPN. He does a phenomenal job on their NBA coverage. He's one of the best color analysts in the game. In the game. Doesn't matter nationally, local, regional. He's one of the best, if not the best, color commentator in the game, along with Jeff Van Gundy. There's a reason they're together on that broadcast. They're phenomenal in the NBA Finals. They're the best. They really are. I know how good Reggie Miller is. He's great. He's phenomenal. You look at some of the guys at TNT, Chris Webber's pretty good, but there's nobody that touches Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy. They're phenomenal. There's a reason. It's that personality that they bring to the broadcast, along with the knowledge and the take-no-prisoners attitude, the unbiased to the NBA attitude that they have that connects them with fans. And they're getting paid very well, I'm sure, by ESPN because they are the best at their job, and deservedly so. Why would he leave that job? I don't know. I don't know. It's a good job. It's a nice cushy job. No pressure. You make a lot of money. You get to call games with your friends. That's what I'm trying to do. You know, that's what a lot of us are trying to do around here. That's a heck of a job. Why would you leave? I don't know. But for me, he fits the profile. He's developed young players. He gets the city's atmosphere. He is New York. He's a St. John's kid. He's from the city. He played for the Knicks. And he knows how to coach young guys. That to me checks all the boxes. It's it's that one it's that one variable that's up in the air. Does he actually want to do it? Is he going to be all in? And does he actually want to do it? I don't know. I don't know. I hope he would. But but for his sake, I, I wouldn't blame him if he didn't do it. To be honest with you, the, the 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 pro for David Blatt is that he would have something to prove. He would have something to prove with the Knicks that he is a good coach. That he deserved the, the job with the Cavs. That LeBron didn't just do everything for him when he was out there on the court. That he can handle himself in big pressure situations as an NBA head coach. Now, I I don't know if you want to have that as a chip on your shoulder kind of guy with a team like this that needs to develop and get better and start winning games. Maybe the latter part, the winning games part, you could say, you know, I, I dug them out of it. So I, I get that, that... In the end, I think that's a pro. That That's a pro for David Blatt. Jeff Van Gundy is in the same scenario as Mark Jackson. Does he actually want to do it? There have been rumors in the past that Jeff Van Gundy wants to get back into coaching. But does he want to do it with the Knicks? I have no idea. I don't know if anybody knows except for him. He doesn't like to talk about the jobs that are currently being occupied. So even if he gets asked about it, he's not going to tell you anything. And that's probably smart on his part to do that. And that's the professional thing to do, in my opinion. 
Stan Van Gundy, on the other hand, who I've thrown onto this list, is a bit of a wild card for me. He's done really well in some places, like for a time in Miami as a coach, and for a time with Orlando as their head coach. Did very, very well. Didn't do so well with the Pistons. So it's one of those things where I'm not so sure if New York is a place that Stan Van Gundy wants to go and try and reinvigorate his coaching career. Yeah, because the last thing, to be honest, for for Stan Van Gundy, the last, the only other thing to check off of his list is an NBA championship as a head coach. That's it. That's the last check on the box. That's the last thing to make him, in my opinion, a borderline Hall of Famer, is to win an NBA championship as a coach. I don't, I don't know if he, if he looks at, I don't think he looks at the Knicks and he says, hey, I could turn that team into a championship team. So my guess is he's not on the on the list for the Knicks but he's a candidate that's going to come up because he's he's available and by the way after last season he was actually put down by, by the odds makers as the second or third best option for the or most likely option to be the next Knicks head coach if David Fisdale was to get fired this season so there is some credence to that which should make some Knicks fans nervous and others not so sure I'm sure so it, it it's a it's a really difficult situation that I'm sure a lot of Knicks fans don't know what to think about. It's a tough situation to deal with. For the time being, Knicks players say that they believe in him. We love Fizdale. He's our guy. They're, they've been backing him all day Wednesday and Thursday. Everything you hear from the Knicks... And just to clarify, this 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 press conference, this impromptu press conference came actually after the Bulls loss. So keep that in mind as well. And in my opinion, kind of why I kind of pushed that to the side. It doesn't matter when it came for me. It's too early. But to be fair to the to the players, these guys have been working hard with Fisdale all offseason. We've seen that it documented. And guys like Bobby Portis have come out and have backed him. They backed David Fisdale. That's a plus for David Fisdale. Guys like Bobby Portis, Taj Gibson came out and they defended their coach. They said that Taj Gibson said they're going to fight for their coach. Not a lot of coaches in the NBA in this situation get that kind of backing. He's done something right, David Fisdale, if his players this early in the season, despite the nine losses are already backing him and saying, what are you doing? This is the guy we believe in. We're sticking by him. And you know what? We're going to try to win for him. Clearly, David Fisdale has done something to earn that respect. Now, that doesn't mean it changes anything with what Perry and Mills think. It doesn't mean anything in that regard as far as whether or not they want to keep him or not. So it's a tough situation. I'm going to take a break here. Because I've run too long already in this first segment. We're going to dive a little bit more into the David Fisdale rumors and a little bit more into the KP reaction potentially for a game that you'll know the result of by the time the show comes out. And we'll look at the future of the Knicks after a quick break on the Posting and Toasting Podcasts Podcast Network. Shock Jock Knicks Podcast 20th episode. We'll be back in just a second to talk more Knicks. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, guys, second part of the show. That was a long first part. Uh, let it run at the end there. Longer than, than normal before we take a break on the show because there's a lot to talk about uh, around this David Fisdale situation um before i dive a little bit further into it i just want to say this let me know what you guys think about it in the comments on postingandtoasting.com. let me know what you think who should you know if this happens who you think the next head coach should be for the knicks give me your thoughts on that i'd love to hear from you guys love to get your thoughts in general on what you think should happen with the new york knicks uh going forward you know the knicks schedule and, and listen you know, I remember, I remember, maybe it was a show or two ago, I remember saying on this podcast, I think it was, I forget, I'm forgetting now, the shows are running together. It was either the last episode when I defended Fizdale or the episode before that, that this was a make or break stretch for the Knicks season. And apparently it was more make or break than I even made it out to be. Because obviously the last loss to the Bulls was a backbreaker for Fizdale and, and, and uh, rather for his time as a Nick coach, but you know, Perry and Mills, Steve Mills and Scott Perry are, are obviously, they expected this stretch to go a lot better. To be fair, I did too. I, I said this a couple of weeks ago. I said this at the beginning of the season, this stretch from the, from that first Dallas game to the game against Cleveland, that 10, nine, or was it a 10 or 11 day stretch? The Knicks had to win multiple games. They had to win more than they lost, in my opinion, during that stretch. You got Dallas twice, Cleveland twice, Chicago, and Charlotte. All winnable games. This six-game stretch was huge. Knicks have gone one and two during that stretch. And all of a sudden, David Fisdale is more likely than not out the door. And it could happen as early as Thursday night, after this podcast gets put out, or before the podcast gets put out, you guys will, you know, by the time this show goes out, you guys will likely know what's going to happen with David Fisdale. And there'll be a lot to talk about next Thursday as well. The show before our Thanksgiving show, uh, which uh, which is also going to be interesting as well, a show that, show that will we go out the day after Thanksgiving uh, during your turkey day. So I'm excited about that show as well, but on top of that, it's just one of those things where you know going ahead. Obviously, it's Dallas, which you'll know the result of. Then it's Charlotte on Saturday, Cleveland on Monday. For sure, by then we should know what what the status is by for David. We, we should know by Saturday uh, what's going on with David Fisdale. Normally, the way it works, and this is kind of what I was reminded of today, looking around and getting uh, other thoughts and. Um, and, and researching the David Fisdale situation further, based on the Knicks' past, the pattern of the way it's gone, well, I think not only the Knicks, might be some other teams in New York as well, because of how crazy the media market is, normally when there's bad news to report around a team, like a coach being fired, a player being released, or um, other news that would fit under the negative for a team, 
they like to make the announcement on normally a Saturday or late late on a Friday because the newspapers are, are going to basically be, you know, it's the weekend edition. You know, it's not going to really be, you know, as, you know, there's not going to be a huge headline. There's not going to be a huge photo. Uh, and if there is, not a lot of people are going to see it. You know, it, New York, as you'd expect, kind of goes away on the weekends. You know, it's, it's a lot of a, more of a party atmosphere. You know, people are kind of taking a break from the, the, the media for the weekend and they're focusing on what they want to do, as you'd expect. And that's kind of the time where, you know, there's no talk radio, you know, there's no big shows going on. TV kind of takes a break for the weekend as well. You know, you're, you're, you know, as New York sports fans, maybe not this year, but normally you'll, you're diving into the NFL. What's going on in the NFL this weekend? Or, you know, MLB hot stove. What's the latest there? You know, college basketball, who's playing this weekend at the garden, you know, those kind of things are happening and you're not really focused as much on the mainstream media for the most part. So, and, you know, you're not going to get a Don LaGreca ran or a Mike Francesa talking to or a Michael K shout out or anything like that. You know, the, the sports talk radio is gone for the weekend. And they're hoping that by Monday, this all blows over and it's not you know the main topic of sports talk anymore and it's not as big of a deal. That's kind of the game plan PR wise that organizations like the Knicks will do in this situation. So we could easily know after the Dallas game or the day after the Dallas game, you know, heading into that Charlotte game, we will likely know whether or not David Fisdale is the head coach going forward. And it could stem on whether or not the Knicks beat Dallas. It's remarkable to me. This early in the season, a must-win game to keep your coach. Oh, what are we doing? What are we doing? It's just agonizing. It's agonizing as a Nick fan. It really is. It's just awful. It's just awful. And I, and I feel bad for my fellow Nick fans out there. I've talked to a number of you over the last couple of weeks that have either reached out or, you know, friends of mine who are Nick fans that keep reaching out. They love the show. And I, you know, I appreciate that. But every time they, they just say, you know, love the show, but dude, what do you think about Fizz? Or I love the show, but God almighty, what are they going to do if they fire Fizz? Or geez, you know, if they fire Fizz, who are we bringing in? You know, it's just, oh my God, I feel like every weekend with the team since this new, or, or not, you know, since the Fizdale, you know, from the fans, since the fire Fizdale stuff has gone around, it's been like this every day, it feels like. And it's, it to me, it's just, you keep falling back in to this Knicks wormhole that's created by the organization and it keeps bringing you back to the same spot it's like you keep passing go on the monopoly board but you're not getting the 200 bucks you keep wrapping around you keep paying the fines you, you, you keep landing on a space where there's three green or black or red white and blue markers and they're not your property and you keep paying the fine you come back around but you know what just because we feel like it, there's no $200 pass go and you got to keep going back around. That gets frustrating after a while. And it's just one of those things where a better analogy, you're just on the hamster wheel and you can't get off the wheel and you just keep running and running and running. 
And you're not going anywhere. That's what it feels like to be a Nick fan right now, in my opinion. And I feel bad. I feel terrible. Just because I keep hearing from, from friends and fans of the show who are Nick fans, and it's just like, oh my God. I keep I keep trying to tell you know, my my go-to line this year, and I thought I thought we'd be through it longer than this before we talk about firing Fisdale. But my top, my line all year has been there's a plan. There's a plan in pro in place. There's a plan. Well, I'm sorry, but Perry and Mills are no longer going by the plan anymore. And that's the most concerning thing for me personally. For me personally. There's a lot of other things that I've mentioned already. But for me, they're not sticking to their own plan. That's what's frightening about this. There was a plan in place. One that I got behind as a Nick fan. And that many of you got behind as well. And it felt like a good plan. And Fizdale was going to lead us in that plan. And now they got to find a new coach. That Reportedly, they're going to find a new coach that's going to lead us down with this new plan. And I'm skeptical now. As skeptical as I've been with a Nick team since the Mellow Knicks went to the playoffs. Since that year after that Mellow Knicks playoff run. The, oh my gosh. Because because what what was last year for then? What was la- why didn't you fire Fizdale last year then? If it was that bad, if this was the plan, why didn't you fire Fizdale last year? When the Knicks won seventeen games or whatever it was, why not fire him then? Why didn't why wait till now? Why wait the twelve games? It just it, like this this it doesn't make any sense. And to be honest, you know, from, from it's the same Nick fans out there that keep telling me, well, he's not a good coach. He's not this. He's not that. Well, well, then again, what? who are you bringing in? You don't get how this works. You don't get how the NBA works. If you wanted to fire Fisdale, you had an offseason to do it. But no, he was the man for the job. It's one all for one and one for all. Not anymore. 12 games in? Oh my God. I feel like I keep saying the same thing over and over again. But that's what it feels like. That's what it is. It's the hamster wheel. That's what the New York Knicks organization has become. And again, I, I, I feel like I'm even madder, or not madder, but I feel like I'm even more frustrated now than when KD and Kyrie went to the Nets because, again, it felt like they did have a backup plan, although a lot of people said they didn't. felt like that this was the start of a backup plan. They had a plan in place, but now they're not even going by their own plan. And to me, if you're not going to stick to your own plan, what are you going to stick to? Where's the consistency? What's the blueprint? And that is that is even more frustrating than anything else that I've talked about on this show. What's the plan? What is it? What is the plan? What are you going to do? If it's fire coaches after 15 games... 
Then what? Why are you? Oh my! You're not doing your job. And now I'm getting, I'm getting phone call. I'm getting. I just got a phone call from a Nick fan, who's a friend of mine. Ask him. That was probably the noise you heard in the background. I, I got Nick fans calling me up while I'm doing the show. While I'm doing the show. I just had to hang up on a Nick fan friend of mine because I'm doing the. She's probably gonna ask me what. What are you gonna say on the show this week? Oh my God! As a, as someone who has done the show, as, as someone who has done podcasts in the past, you you plan ahead, right? You plan ahead later down the road. You know what are things that you think you might have to, to go into, things you might have to say. And to be honest, you know, sometimes every once in a while, not for this show, but every once in a while for for these shows that I've done, different podcasts that I do, and you know, I do a college hoops podcast, a European soccer podcast, and. And, and different shows like that uh, for fun and, and, and for my career. And you, you, know, you look down the road. You know, you look down the road, and I did that with this show, and things you might have to talk about. And, you know, one of the things that came up is, you know, what, what if it goes wrong and they fire Fisdale? Never in my wildest dreams would I thought that we'd be talking about firing David Fisdale on November 15th. I thought we had, I, I, based on the, the, the backing that they showed him and, and based on the plan that was in place, I, I mean, I thought, I, to be honest, I thought we had at least till the All-Star break. At least until the new year. Something like that. You know, I thought, I thought we would have opened presents on Christmas Day or at least eaten some goddamn turkey before we talked about David Fisdale's status as the Knicks coach as far as firing him you know I and I and I would have been fine with you know do you think he's a good enough coach or not for the future that's debatable I've never I have never shot that down I've I've argued I've debated my side of it and that there's a plan in place and that we have to let let him work it out give him the sample size he deserves because you brought him back to do that but now you're not even doing that you're not even you're not even backing up what you're talking about you're not even standing by your own plan and if you're not going to do that in the nba after 12 games who are you going to bring in that's going to buy into your plan and for me looking at that scenario that's why david blatt worries me as a replacement that's why one of the van gundys worries me or a Jerry Stackhouse, or a Kenny Bleepin' Smith. Because none of those guys, and, and even the guy that I want, Mark Jackson, none of these guys are good enough as coach. There's, you know, Phil Jackson wasn't good enough as an executive. He wouldn't have been good enough as a coach. You talk about the greatest coaches of all time. No coach with any respect would put up with this. And that is the scariest part of this whole thing. Not that Fizdale will likely get fired. Not that there's not great replacements out there in numbers looking to be the next Nick head coach. The fact that the people in charge hiring the next guy aren't even sticking to their own plan to bring the franchise back to where it deserves to be. And that is the biggest crime of this whole thing for Nick fans and for people that love New York basketball. That's the problem. And until that problem gets addressed, 
there's no right answer to who the next coach of the Knicks should be. That's the bottom line. I'm going to end there. It's a tough note to end on, to be honest with you. I didn't want to end it there, but there's no other way to end it. As always, thank you to you guys for listening. You guys are the best. You guys rock. You guys are in week in and week out, loving your Knicks, loving the Nick talk. We love you guys. So keep reaching out to us on social media. Keep reaching out to us on the postingandtoasting.com comments section. We want to hear from you about the status of your beloved New York Knicks. We're not going anywhere. We're back again next week. And we'll be back for the Thanksgiving Day weekend holiday as well. I will have a show. I'll likely record that show probably a couple. I'm going away for Thanksgiving uh, with the family. So I'm likely going to be recording that show a little earlier in the week than I normally would. So keep that in mind for, for, for a couple weeks from now. But we'll be back next week. More Knicks talk. We're going to fight through it. We're going to keep on going. Fizdale or not, because you'll likely know by the time the next show comes out, we will keep going. The Knicks players will still be there, and we'll see if David Fizdale is still there by the time we talk to you. I'm going to leave it on this. If David Fizdale is still the head coach by the next show, and likely is not the case, I feel bad for him. I feel bad for David Fizdale. This is not what he signed up for. He signed up to be the Knicks head coach, and I get you could fire him whenever you want to fire him, but he was told that he was part of a project, that he was going to be allowed to lead and try to get a chance to turn this team around. He had a season where he was supposed to lose, and they tanked, and he lost. This year, they wanted to see some results. They gave him 12 games, not nearly good enough, if that's if that's where it ends. If David Fisdale's not the head coach, which is likely the case by the next time I speak to you guys, I don't know who the next head coach is going to be, but they're going to be in a lot of trouble. Because if you can't stick to your own plan, how do you expect the head coach to? And back you when you don't back yourselves. We'll see you next week and try to try to enjoy your weekend. Boo KP at the Garden tonight for me. I'm not going to be there. Boo him. Boo him, boo him, and boo him some more. And hopefully at least the Knicks will get a win in what could likely be David Fisdale's last game. We'll see you next week on the Shock Jock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network.